0: Pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show.
1: And good afternoon, folks. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Right now it's 106, and this portion of our program on this, it's Monday. It is December 20th. is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Folks, they're open. Stop in and see them. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. They also have the big new deck. The Lodge Pub and Eatery can accommodate up to 100 people. They have the the bar, the restaurant area. It's fantastic. Stop in and see them. Get together with friends at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. So right now it's 107. Folks, as always, again, I'd like to encourage you to visit the website, dipetro.com. And don't forget to Petro.com, which is brought by our friend Pat Elston, Caldwell Bank of Realty, based in Cumberland, 20 years experience, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. There's a link. If you're thinking of buying or selling, contact Pat Elston, 20 years experience, licensed Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 401-474-5253. So, folks, just looking at... Some of the local headlines on this uh, Monday afternoon. First of all, Rhode Island boosts availability of the COVID testing for the holidays. It's about time. This should have been done a while ago. Uh, New mask policy takes effect in Rhode Island, but not Massachusetts. I'll also say this. You know how much money is floating around right now? This stuff of the 195 Washington Bridge construction. uh, What is this? I'm tell, you know, I swear they're almost doing it just because they have the money to do it. Um, it's not even a matter that needs it. How many times are they going to do that? How many times are, is, is this going to be that they have to keep working on that? Now, again, I am not affected by that. But you, you want to start that and you're doing that the week of Christmas is when you're doing that. Why can't that be a January project? You're doing that now. The first week of Christmas are people as trying to be out and about and do Christmas shopping. Wow. Rhode Island expands rapid testing. Keeps Sakhanas at vaccination site open. It's about time. How about Channel 10? Temporary mask mandate takes effect in Rhode Island. If Governor McKee signs in 30 days that he's going to do another 30 days, are they going to run a story saying, oh, maybe it wasn't? Maybe it wasn't... uh, Maybe it wasn't uh, temporary. Are they going to do that now, the situation nationwide is clearly uh if if this were such an emergency, why is President Biden waiting till tomorrow to address the nation? I'm looking at some of the headlines. Europe is a mess um How about Sarah Palin? Vax over my dead body. I don't get the people that feel that strongly about it. Unless she's planning to run, maybe she's going to run again. And that's one of the things that she wants to kind of put out there already. Dr. Fauci says masks on planes forever. You know, again, one step at a time before we start getting into forever. Why why don't we just handle this um, one day at a time? Uh, Close to home. I, I want to once again speak to the business community. You you can't get blown out about this. Um, you know, the media is doing everything they can to gin this thing up. Look at this, the head, the front page of the Providence Journal. Another grim milestone. 3,000 Rhode Islanders claimed by COVID. You know, they, they don't even mention the fact that um, the... as as was like came out if if someone has a gunshot wound of which you have people in providence and they end up in the hospital and they die because of the the gunshot wound they do a covid test on them and if they die if they are positive with covid they put down that that is the cause of death so you know is it is it really three thousand people or is it more that's just how many that they have um That they have put down. Now, this is big. The mayor of Boston, Boston, Mayor Wu, has announced new vaccine requirements for some indoor businesses and city workers. Now, this is new today. And as an attempt to curb the spread, slow the spread, Boston Mayor Michelle Wu announced new vaccine requirements for some indoor spaces in the city, as well as a new vaccine mandate by 18,000 strong workforce. You know what's interesting is they're being told they have to get it. Governor McKee is promising 18,000, 17,000 state workers that they're going to get 3,000 even if they don't get the vaccine. Beginning January 15th, patrons of affected business, including indoor dining, fitness, and entertainment, will be required to show proof of vaccination. But that's January 15th. Additionally, the city's requiring vaccination of all city employees and limiting an option to be regularly tested. Um, starting March 1st, kids ages 5 to 11 will have to show proof of at least one dose. You know, I, I don't know where we're going to be then. I think it's it's a little bit they're going too far in thinking that we're going to even be in that situation. We don't know where we're going to be um, in that situation at that time. So I think it's... I think it's a little premature to start announcing uh, where people are going to be. Right now, you are, people are concerned about Christmas, about New Year's, about the holiday, and whether or not they have to put on a mask to go um, into a store. I am hearing that, you know, you're going to see overseas, I think, after that. They may start to limit um, church services and say that uh, church will just be that, you know, you'll watch it virtual or remote, whatever we're calling it. But you don't go there. You just watch it. So, all right, let's bring on our guest. We do have a guest who's um, been very outspoken, Dr. Andrew Boston, and he has been very outspoken about. The Governor Mckee mask mandate. Now, he has been adamant, and I, what I want to hear from him is is very simple, and that is what he thinks about the um, about the uh, the mask mandate and what he thinks the latest. Now, let me just see uh, joining to discuss four pillars of the new COVID plan: mask mandate, boosters, vaccine in uh, the violators. All right, well, that is all true. Let's see if we can uh, get him on the line, folks. Dr. Andrew Bostom, who is an expert. I'm. Uh... There he is, folks, joining us on the line right now. Now, he is an expert. It is Dr. Andrew Bostom. Doctor, it's John depetro Thank you for joining us on the show today.
0: Thanks for having me on, John.
1: All right, Doctor, let's start. First of all, I'm going to designate you based on your medical background. I consider you an expert. You have testified in court as an expert. So I want the listeners to know I regard you as an expert. Let's start off with what is your reaction and your thoughts on that starting today, Governor McKee has instituted this mask mandate for Rhode Island businesses, specifically restaurants and stores. It is different. It's an outlier than Massachusetts. I noticed the mayor of Boston is not putting her in place until January 15th. But let's just start off with Governor McKee and the mass mandate. Dr. Andrew Boston, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's very misguided. Uh, the fundamental reason, John, is that you know, we're not operating in a vacuum. Uh, anymore. Uh, actually, we weren't operating in a vacuum. Frankly, before uh, SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19 emerged, um, we know since the 1918 uh, flu pandemic um, that that widespread community masking um, is a failed policy. It failed then. It was abandoned for a hundred years. Uh, it was accepted to have failed uh, before SARS-CoV-2 emerged. As a matter of fact for pandemic planning. There were a whole series of randomized controlled trials just focusing obviously before COVID on influenza um, between 2008 and and 2016. Um, There were uh, about 11 studies that were completed in that time period. And and John, you have to understand these are randomized controlled trials. These are not very biased, confounded observational studies where before and after the fact Uh, data can be uh, reorganized, Uh, statistical analyses can be performed that attempt to make sense of it, Um, but they're not, they're not interventional trials. When we evaluate a drug, when we evaluate a vaccine, when we evaluate a simple intervention like masking, um, the modern standard is a randomized controlled trial because it eliminates all the biases from other trial designs. And so again, so 11 trials were were completed in that period, they were all uh, negative. Uh, right before um, COVID emerged, it was a massive Hajj Pilgrim trial um, that was reported actually after COVID, say it was reported in October of 2020, uh, but it was also focused on influenza. Um, it added 6,000 more patients, uh, persons followed to, to the database. Absolutely no benefit of masking, and here they were randomized on the basis of Hajj Pilgrim tents. Uh, Fast forward to the COVID year. Um, there, there have been two randomized control trials completed in the COVID year. Uh, one in Denmark, which was published in the Annals of Internal Medicine, six, five to 6,000 persons, completely negative. Um, and then an absolutely enormous trial uh, that was conducted in Bangladesh. This has not yet been published in a peer-reviewed journal, but it's been put out as a preprint um, Three hundred and forty-two thousand Bangladeshis randomized by village. Um, no, no benefit when when the proper analyses were, were finally performed. Um, so that's that's the gold standard. I have never heard as a clinical trialist myself, uh, who who ran one of the largest trials ever conducted in a special population, kidney transplant recipients, based out of Rhode Island. Um, you know, it, it, the reason we do randomized trials. Is, is to define therapeutics, interventions. I have never heard of a situation where you have this, this consistently negative data uh, and then you wind up not only, uh, not only recommending an intervention, but uh, uh, mandating it. In other words, typically, when the bulk of the randomized trials go in one direction, favoring a certain antihypertensive drug, a lipid-lowering drug, et cetera, you can make recommendations and guidelines for its use notice the word recommendations you don't you you, you don't have license to band-aid particularly when where the where the gold standard evidence is is negative so to me it's it's just it's 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 shocking that this is that this is actually uh, actually going on and uh, I, I just think that you know we have, we have sort of our own observational data from Rhode Island I mean, you can look at the last winter, sort of late fall, winter peak, um, and look at uh, polling data that was conducted to see how um, how religious uh, different uh, individuals were with masking, how, how, how they adhered. We had the highest rate, uh, this, this was published, a survey published November 5th of last year. At that point in time, right as we're going into this huge fall uptick in, in COVID cases, we had 96% mask compliance. Every time a person went out of the house was the way the, the survey was framed. Okay. Um, and 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 we had the we had the to this date at least the hugest uptick we've ever had in 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 uh, in positive tests from coronavirus. So I, I just don't I just don't understand the logic of any of this,
1: Doctor. And again, folks, let's with Doctor Andrew Bostom. Doctor, is there any elected official? In this country, maybe another government. Is there anyone in this country, in our country, that you feel is is following sound advice and is someone that you would point to and say they're handling this whole thing very well?
0: Yeah, I can name an elected official in this country. I can also name a country outside this country. Okay. Um, that, the, the elected official in this country... Would be would be Governor DeSantis, and that's okay. why he's been very negative yep. about both uh, masking and vaccine mandates. Um, he brought, he brought in uh, outside epidemiologists who presented uh, data that you know frankly disagreed with some of some of the apparatchiks in his own uh, Florida Department of Health. He weighed the evidence and he decided against it. and and, and really, when you look at traditional epidemiology for infectious disease. This Covid is the anomaly, John. I mean, you can look at public health policy planning for pandemics, and I'm not talking about you know just in the immediate aftermath of the 1918 flu. I'm talking about like 2000 through 2018 or so, where things like lockdowns, mask mandates, quarantining healthy people were anathema. They felt that A, the masking doesn't work, B, they cause all kinds of societal disruption, so, sociological, economic, um, and and they just weren't worth it. Uh, so, uh, you know, all, along comes COVID, and people that had frankly been fringe in epidemiology, all of a sudden have this bolt fuss and start in, enforcing things that had been summarily rejected. But, you know, that's more of... <laughs> That's more of a, a, a policy argument apart from the data. Um, my background is in clinical trials and epidemiology. Um, I've only been studying you know, infectious disease epidemiology for the last two years. Most of my career has been in cardiovascular disease and chronic kidney disease epidemiology. Yep. I'm just saying that it is shocking to me to see the rejection of randomized controlled trial evidence as uniformly negative as this and going beyond recommendations to mandates of the failed intervention. I have never heard of this. I think it's unprecedented.
1: Doctor, let me ask you this. Let's just say you're in the room with Dr. Scott and Governor McKee, and he they're going around the table, and he looks at you and says, what, what, what do you think? These people on the left are telling me I should introduce a mask mandate, and if you go into a store, you have to show your vaccine. Uh, it's not our imagination. I mean, the hospitals are getting more crowded. What, what would have been your advice to Governor McKee in that moment?
0: Yeah, I, I would say you're being shielded. You're being shielded from uh, evidence that shows that the, these, these are not the kinds of interventions that are going to make any difference whatsoever. In other words, you're being shielded from the randomized controlled trial data on masking that are out there, that are, that, that you that you never get to hear. Um, I, I saw this uh, cheek to jowl with the Department of Health uh, during the 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 the, um, the, the, the trial um, uh, in, in uh, on masking. Uh, Rich, Rich Southwell yes. versus McKee. Yep. Um, I, I saw how they how they cherry pick uh, the evidence. I saw Dr. McDonald testify um, that, uh, you know, being forced to admit he had absolutely no personal experience whatsoever with randomized controlled trials. He was forced to say that under oath. Um, The literature that he would cite is all observational studies, some of them very, very poorly designed, and virtually all, John, published in Morbidity and Mortality Weekly reports which is a non-peer-reviewed house organ of the CDC. In other words, you, we showed in court, you, you can't publish something in, in morbidity and mortality weekly reports, which does not already comport with CDC guidelines. So if the CDC has already decided that they're gonna favor mask mandates, they're not gonna publish any study that shows that masking may not work, let alone a randomized trial that shows that it won't work. Um, so it's, 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 a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, it's a closed circle. Um, and and so I don't know how to get through to, to Governor McKee uh, that 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 there's a world of evidence <laughs> and there's a there's a, there's a hundred year experience without masking um, for good reason for absolutely good reason uh, when it comes to you know force you know to forcing me, uh, vaccine mandates um, I think you know we're, we're in another realm where clinical trial evidence is is very flimsy uh there's no real good evidence first of all the vaccine trials don't include hard clinical outcomes john all they include is short-term differences in, in infection rates and even those infection rates which we now see this massive breakthrough phenomenon But even those short term infections, they don't do contact tracing of either those that received the vaccine and and became positive or those that received placebo and became positive to look at at true community transmission and its potential block by by vaccination. That's not an outcome in any of these studies.
1: Would you would you have said to Governor McKee, don't do anything, do not go with a mask mandate? It, it you know it doesn't work. Would you have encouraged them? Just stay the course. Don't do anything Absolutely. differently.
0: Absolutely, make masking, make, allow. Of course, look if people. Look, it's become make it optional. It's 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 be, yes. It's it's okay. it's it's become a talisman for people. Yep. And, and and they have attachments to it. And this is not I'm not just trivializing it. This is a real phenomenon. Yes. People have been terrorized. Yeah. So so you you absolutely look in Scandinavia. They're so adamant against masking that they were telling kids that they couldn't come to school with a mask. Oh. I, I don't believe in that either. Okay. You know if if, if there's a certain security that people are achieving from right. that. Uh, you know, then, then by all means, make it voluntary. Um, but when it comes to, to vaccine mandates, we also have a problem now because they're, the other thing that they're doing is they're, they're completely ignoring um, uh, naturally acquired immunity. Yep. You know, this state, according to COVID Estim, which is a, a site actually funded by the CDC, but run by epidemiologists from Stanford, Harvard, and Yale, their, their most recent update that I could get um, was just within the past week is, is, is estimated that 69 percent of Rhode Islanders at some point during the pandemic, which is almost two years old now, John, have have been infected. That is a reservoir of natural immunity yep. that's very important in terms of of ending this this pandemic, at least the phase that that, that you know results in, in large hospitalizations and, and and significant numbers of deaths. To dismiss that and discount that. And, and shame, shamefully, fire healthcare workers yeah. who, when there was no vaccine available, got infected, recovered, and yep. now contribute to the pool of natural immunity. This is a shanda, as we say in Yiddish. Oh. This is a shameful thing to do, and it's completely wrong. And moreover, I, I have been I have been given data from my representative, Mike Chippendale, who gets monthly reports. Oh yeah from from uh from the department of health he's waiting desperately on november but the data we have from july through october is absolutely striking in showing that once you account for prior infections so in other words john you present the data as you know these are the these are the infections these are the hospitalizations these are the deaths broken down by people who are fully vaccinated versus not fully vaccinated if you add a subgroup to each one of those groups, the fully vaccinated, the not fully vaccinated, which says prior infection or not prior infection and therefore naturally acquired immunity blows out whether you were vaccinated or not. Huh. Uh, in other words, it is such a it is such a powerful protect, protector against infection, hospitalization and death that it almost doesn't matter whether whether you were vaccinated or not. Um, and, and and to and to ignore this data including data from our own state I have never these are right on data John they never discuss these data at pressers. never huh. absolutely not and we're getting them we're getting them delayed but almost in real time delayed by two or three weeks typically this is a little bit longer because of everything that's going on with the holidays we, we hopefully will have the data by, by Christmas. Um, but but the, the data are striking and consistent throughout the entire Delta wave. And now we're getting into some you know, possibly some Omicron data. Um, but, but I mean, these are things that I don't know whether the governor is shielded from these things. He doesn't understand them. He doesn't want to hear them. I have no idea, John. Oh. But these are very real data that his own Department of Health uh, uh, possesses. And somehow it's not getting through to him. I mean, it, it is just—it is just absurd. By, by the way, it's not like Rhode Island is some sort of outlier, right? Um, I read—I read, I read a, a very rich database, much richer than the data that, that, that Representative Chippendale gets. This was a claims database from. Uh, that's, I guess, is owned by the University of, of, of Washington, Seattle, which is, which is, you know, as you know, in the academy, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a less leading place. I mean, I'm, I'm sure uh, there were some reservations about putting this data out there, um, but, you know, to their great credit, they did. So they looked at 18,000 breakthrough infections only. And what they found with full, you know, granular analysis, which could adjust for age and comorbidities was that those with a history of prior infection, simply testing positive at some point, in this group of 18,000 breakthrough infections from this claims database, those with a history of prior infection had half the rate of hospitalization and one quarter the rate of deaths. So in a fully vaccinated population where you're simply studying the breakthrough infections, yep. once again, a profound positive effect, protective effect of prior infection.
1: Hmm. Folks, we're speaking with Dr. Andrew Boston. Now, doctor, let's go through some just current what's, you know, happening and even going on in the last 24 hours. Senator Elizabeth Warren, uh, she claims that she's vaccinated. She even got the booster. She tested positive for covid, but she said she has mild symptoms. What are we to make of that? Is that do you hear that and say, see, the vax is is working exactly as it should or should it be that? Maybe it's not working and the virus just is not as, um, you know, is as, as difficult as maybe they, they thought it would be.
0: Uh, oh, a couple of things. First of all, I, I, I'm not, to, not to invade anything about uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren's privacy, but it, it she, she's got to be close to 70 or so at yes, this point, John? Yes, yes. Uh, okay. So, so um First of all, I would say, and 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 she seems to be doing fine, right? Yes. I mean, she's, she's tested positive, but there's no she's not she's not being rushed to the hospital. No. Emergency room again.
1: We're okay, we're, so we're going to take a word at it. She says that she's just mild symptoms. So okay,
0: okay. okay. Well, well I, I, absolutely. That's a very that's a very positive thing. Now, is it is it because she was still conferred? Uh, some immunity from, from the from being vaccinated um, that 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 protected her from from, from a serious you know uh, morbidity that that that's possible uh, particularly if she was boosted recently. Um, on the other hand, it it cuts out the heart of these immoral vaccine mandates, which were designed uh, ostensibly to prevent uh, transmission and infection. I, I mean, you, you, it, in other words, it puts it into the realm of personal choice. Uh, if if she decided to get vaccinated and boosted on her own for her own protection, yep, of course, she, of course, she's entitled to that. Sure, and, and knowing but knowing her age, even her age alone, perhaps, but but certainly her age and comorbidity, it it, it could be a wise decision for her. Um, but but that's the whole point, John. She's she still she still got infected. She's still capable of transmitting. What does that have to do with mandating it for the society at large, including the vast pool of the American population, particularly and most tragically of all, young, healthy children um, who, who are at no risk for serious comorbidity right. from, from 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 COVID. Right. I mean, how dare uh, we? We be. It's one thing, in other words, to vaccinate high risk populations. Where despite, you know, and and this, and and by the way, you know, it's the other thing that's never discussed, John, is that particularly if we compare COVID vaccination to influenza vaccination, the COVID vaccination has an unusually high uh, morbidity profile. You know, we use the same uh, vaccine adverse event reporting system for all vaccines. And if you look at 20 years worth of data on influenza vaccines, and compare that to the recent, you know, just over a year experience now with, with COVID vaccines, there's a striking discordance. There is so much more morbidity, mortality um, associated with, with COVID vaccination. Um, you know, in this same passive recording system relative to flu vaccination, it's, it's, it's almost unbelievable. Uh, you, you can't compare the two. Um, you're talking about rates that are 10 to 100 times, you know, per person vaccinated. Um, so um, this is not it now. Now, am I saying that the risks outweigh the benefits for, for very high-risk populations? No. But but they but but that certainly can become an issue for very low risk populations. Right. Which again, which is not something that we see with flu vaccination, which also has very frankly very very limited efficacy when you look at the long term data on flu vaccination. But at least over the years, it appears to be a very reasonably safe. Uh, vaccine, and there may be niche populations that 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 actually benefit from flu vac- vaccines. Although you know the data are very murky on that, John, huh. and, and, and it gets to the larger point. You know what's what's not been demanded uh, of, of 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 the of the vaccine manufacturers. Are the types of trials, at least in the modern era,, yep. that were done, for example, for polio vaccination? Hmm. You know the polio vaccine trials and, and, and I've seen you know I've seen the director, the Dean of public health at this, at, the, um, at, at, at Brown, Dr. Jacques., yep. frankly had the temerity to compare the polio vac- vaccine uh, trials and the, pol- and the polio vaccination to, to COVID vaccination in children. It's apples and oranges. The, the polio vaccine trials—the uh, huge one that was run in 1954—enrolled um, almost two million children. The the, the the largest trial that we have for five to 11 year olds in in uh, for, for for the COVID vaccines with the Pfizer mRNA vaccine was about 2,300. I, I mean, you know, you, you, you really can't compare the two. Um, the the, uh, the 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 number of outcomes. Uh, and these are serious polio outcomes. It's a much more serious childhood illness than than, uh, than coronavirus. So for example, if you look at the period from 1915 to 1954, children aged up, so right before the trial was, was done, children uh, aged up to 14 years old uh, prior to the mass vaccination and, and then its development and testing, their, their average mortality, uh, including the, the major outbreaks, was, was about 5.7%. I actually went back to uh, Rhode Island uh, reports from the Newport Daily News. I've, I've subscribed to something called newspapers.com. And, and in 1953 alone, only through the end of October, so not, in, not including you know, uh, November and December, there were 289 clinical pediatric polio cases. So sick, sick children with 15 deaths, a 5.2% fatality rate. We haven't had a single COVID death in this in this state in the entire almost two years now of the pandemic. Wow. I, I mean, you you can't be making these these comparisons. So so getting back to the to the field trial, um, so you have a, you have trials that are that are almost two million strong kids, um, and they had 516 cases of, of paralytic polio in, in in the in the in the 1954. Uh, trial. In the in the in the vaccine trial of twenty three hundred or so that, that gave rise to the emergency use authorization for the for the COVID nineteen uh, vaccine for children, despite the fact that twenty percent of them had comorbidities, you're literally talking about uh, uh, three cases of of, uh, of mild COVID in the vaccinated group Versus 16 cases of of sniffles, essentially, in the placebo group. Um, And no cases of COVID, frankly, were observed in either the vaccine group or the placebo group who had evidence of prior SARS-CoV-2 infection. But, But again, so if you look at it in summary, you're looking at a crippling lethal childhood disease which assessed about 650 times the number of children that were evaluated in the, in the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine trial. That This is the polio trial. It prevented 374 cases of paralytic polio. The COVID-19 uh, Pfizer trial prevented 13 cases equivalent to self-limited colds. Oh. And, and, and yet the director of the dean of the School of Public Health, uh, Shah, in a Washington Post op-ed yep. uh, as, as right after the emergency use authorization came out said the following, if today's misinformation, politicization and anti-vaccine sentiment existed in the United States in the 1950s, would the polio vaccine have received the same level of uptake? In other words, he's criticizing medical professionals parents, etc. for being anti-vaxxers um, and and, and uh, he, he, in turn, is comparing polio to COVID, polio vaccination to COVID vaccination. Um, and and he's, he seems to be divorced from the reality of the facts, which I just quickly reviewed you. This is the type of discourse that we have in the public sphere. This is, this is why I'm constantly and, and frankly rather viciously and, and, and stupidly attacked having a conversation like i'm having with you I, i'm simply trying to pre- to present data that, yes. that for whatever the reasons are john are not being considered um and it's it's not something that should result in my vilification
1: i you know, i agree and, with and that doctor yeah i don't know. i i don't understand it to be honest with you because and doctor just so we have an understanding for instance dr fauci said people should get used to masks on planes now, what is your reaction to that? And Jill, Jill, do
0: you before you
1: answer, I, I, number one, sure. I think you might say if someone does feel comfortable, if someone is going to feel comfortable, more comfortable, I should say, traveling, wearing a mask, that person should not be prevented. But the question That's, is,
0: absolutely you know,
1: should. But what about I mean, just basic if there's someone sitting behind you and they're coughing and there's no mask. do doesn't the mask at least reduce the chance of those germs reaching you or the person next to them or does it does it not matter does, it go more, ahead but it, would re,
0: it would release it would yes obviously or, or putting a hand over their mouth yes it would, 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 might prevent you know the, the projectile sputum right from hitting you or something right. but the truth is that the aerosols the micro aerosols that actually transmit the virus, whether it's whether it's influenza virus, and it's the same particle size for influenza as it is for COVID. It, 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 it makes no difference. It huh. will make a difference, and this is what the airline executives finally had had the had, had the cojones to say, is that the masks themselves are meaningless. We're doing the best we can with filtration systems, yep. making them more virucidal, just circulating fresher air. That will make a difference. And they feel that they've improved their standards for that. And that makes perfect sense to me. Huh. But by all means, if someone, regardless of how refined the filtration systems are, um, still feels uncomfortable and they want to wear a mask, well, of course they should be entitled to wear a mask.
1: Right. Because any, even prior to this, I mean, anyone, especially if you've traveled to Asia, they've been wearing masks for a, a long time. Doctor, I'm just curious also. Um, how, how should you, you tell me? Are, are people overreacting? Are the hospitals near capacity? I mean, it, it can't be ignored. The hospitals
0: are having a problem, John. Yeah. And, 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 they, had a pro, and they had a problem last year or yeah. even last year where, we have, where at least if we're going to look at them in parallel, say, as of today, as of the end of last week, it still looks like we're about half uh, the COVID-related admissions that we were last year. So so that's that's an improvement and it probably has to do with with to some extent with vaccinations, to some extent with the big pool of naturally acquired immunity, yep. um various factors. Um, but but the but the point is that, and McKee admitted this. And this I do give him credit for. And he pushed back for a while, I guess, until he got overwhelmed that, that the real problem is staffing. Yes. And, and, and that and, but part of the reason is it's, it's, it's his own fault. because yeah. he, capitulated he did. To the idea that that all these courageous health care workers, including yep. my wife, frankly, who's still a very active clinician, you know, were forced to get vaccinated despite the fact that they many of them were infected. Oh. And, and 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 it caused some of them to just you know pack up and leave or right. get fired when they didn't want to. That's they right. Want to uh, leave, and and this is this is this is a, this is a terrible shame and and they should be rehired yeah Uh, and someone and someone like very noble oral surgeon steve scully yes who does all kinds of who does all kinds of pro bono cases all kinds of work i have i have a a good friend who's who's uh, works at the at the aci he's loved he's loved down there i know the doctor yes inmates um because because he he does all kinds of uh, pro bono work there, um, and and this poor man to 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 basically lose his license yeah. because he didn't want to get vaccinated. I, I actually saw his titers, his antibody titers. They were sky high. They looked like my 19 year old son's antibody titers after oh. he had an asymptomatic infection. Um, he had sky high levels of of, of anti spike uh, antibodies. I, I mean, this is this is this is absurd. This is not scientific, John. to to penalize people who have naturally acquired immunity. It's ridiculous. And and by the way, it's never been done before because if you go back and look at the U.S. Army, other armed forces service uh, requirements for vaccination, until COVID uniformly all these various vaccines, there was there was an out if you had if you had the infection for which you know the vaccine was proposed. I, it's just it, it, it's a, and, same, and CDC guidelines as recently sure. as swine flu H1N1. It says right in the guidelines in, in, in 2010. So the first wave comes through in 2009. In 2010, it says, oh yeah, if you if you if you got infected in the first wave, you know you, you don't need to get the vaccine.
1: Folks, we're speaking, we're speaking with Dr. Andrew Boston. And doctor, I want to give you a chance. There's people listening right now. What, what, you know, give, give advice to people. As you can imagine, people are very apprehensive. Never mind older people are very apprehensive. But if you were to give some guidance for the next week, this is Christmas week, what, what would be your advice to various people that are listening?
0: Yeah, I, I think people have to have to have to, have to be cautious on uh, uh, certainly when they're when they're at high risk. If they going back before COVID, if, particularly if they if they've had bad flus in, yep. in, in the past, um, if they have if they if they're older and have uh, comorbidity, uh, those those are the those are the people. Where the vaccination strategy appears to make some sense, although we're although we're seeing so much breakthrough. So, so what to do then? If you you really need to know, for example, where to get uh, monoclonal antibodies. You really because now I'm hearing, unfortunately, John, with staffing issues that um, even though there's a huge supply of monoclonal antibodies, these are the treatments that that basically block; they bind to the to the virus should be given at an early stage where it, 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 you, you know you, you won't you won't get the, the very dangerous consequences of a more advanced infection so it, it, they're designed for early treatment particularly for high-risk uh, persons and and, and they, they have had a very high success rate in reducing morbidity and mortality what I'm hearing though is that despite the fact we have big stockpiles in, in the state because of the personnel shortages it's starting to affect the, the delivery times oh. but, but certainly be aware be aggressive. Be aggressive in getting your doctor to get you to a, an infusion. You know, as recently as six weeks ago, a colleague of my my wife's was able to get um, a CVS nurse to come give him an infusion at home. Um, so, so certainly have a plan. Basically, as uh, long-winded way, have a plan to get yourself early uh, treatment, particularly with with monoclonal uh, antibodies. Um, I think the other thing that's been de-emphasized is just. You know go back to the basics and you know i know it's hard with all the stress and terror that's been instilled in people um but it's very important to, to have to have adequate rest to be to be to have adequate nutrition
1: yeah to not lock
0: yourself in and uber eat yourself you know to, to 40 new pounds right you know uh uh yeah, to, to get sunlight there's a there's a nice body of evidence that at least having adequate, uh, to, you know, uh, stores of vitamin D is 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 protective. Um, it's not clear why, but there's a decent amount of epidemiologic evidence uh, to suggest that. So certainly, if, if you're if you're if you have a history of vitamin uh, D deficiency, if that's ever been screened before, make sure you're adequately, you know, re- replenished. Um, and and again, for, for high risk people, take take it seriously. Yeah, uh, you, you know, there's, there's, I'm not the least bit uh, cavalier with this. I, I know I know plenty of examples of people who have had serious COVID. But 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 I, I will say, John, that that this the 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 whole public health approach to to the rest of the population that's at lower risk for COVID, but could become at higher risk for COVID, like. You know, having their diabetes uncontrolled, uh, be, being more obese. Um, this has been de emphasized. Huh. Um, th- this, and this should be emphasized. A lot of the principles are, are basic public health. Um, again, adequate rest, adequate exercise, weight management. Um, these kinds of things actually do have an effect, we're learning now. Sure. Know, one of the biggest risk factors for COVID turns out to be uh, obesity. Now yeah. typically more, morbid obesity because it, it, it does look like it, there's some laboratory evidence that the adipose tissue, the fat tissue, can, can be infected. Oh. It, it's been a conundrum. Why, why is that? Why is that? Moreover, we still have to look at, at who the real high-risk people are. Um, only 0.9% of, of, the, of the mortality from COVID has been in people who have no obvious identifiable comorbidity. In other words, 99.1% have clear identified comorbidity. As a matter of fact, about two thirds of the deaths from COVID have occurred in, in, in people that have greater than or equal to six comorbidities. So we certainly can separate the very high risk from yeah. from the low risk persons, just, just knowing. And people know who they are. People know if they have a lot of comorbidity, if they're on multiple medications, if, they're, if they've got various specialists that they're seeing. Those are the high-risk people. People. Oh. Those people do need to be watched carefully. Yep. Um, and again, I, 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 because the trials are done the way they're done, uh, I'm, a little, I'm a little dubious, but... I mean, certainly those are the people that you could argue um, would benefit and have benefited perhaps from from vaccination. Um, But that's a far cry from mass vaccination of healthy 5 to 11 year olds. I mean, you know, we we have to strike much more of a balance,
1: doctor. Before I let you go, and again, folks, I'm really enjoying this speaking with Dr. Andrew Boston, uh, who is, uh, doctor. You're you're a splendid guest. I I am really appalled the way you've been attacked, but we're going to stay away from that. But what would be your advice right now? There's a business owner because I've talked to them over the weekend, and they say if someone's walking into my business, restaurant, whatever, I don't feel comfortable asking them to show me their vaccination card. I mean, oh,
0: that's a real hard one. John. It is. I mean, I mean, that's look, unfair. I, 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 I'm so glad they're saying that to you. I'll, I'll yeah. you confess fully. I'm so glad they're saying that. I hope it's the vast majority of, of business owners. Um, you know, what, what am I supposed to say? That, that, that they, they should be discreet about their non-compliance.
1: Yes, I agree. Why? Yeah. Because I
0: want them to protect themselves. Right. But more importantly, John, we shouldn't be subjected to these ridiculous. Uh, anti-scientific regulations to begin with so right. it is it's sort of a passive aggressive form of, of protest uh, but but they shouldn't put themselves at at risk no uh, for having their their businesses shut down yeah i don't know they know their customers they'll have to reach some some modus vivendi i i, I just you know but but you begin to worry i mean we are going to become like east germany right you're gonna have rido people you know sneaking in and and seeing oh they didn't check the vaccine status of this one they they allowed this person to wear the mask below their nose i mean is this Uh, what we're coming to
1: i'll tell you what i tell them which is listen they're short staff they just don't have the staff to go in and do that i mean everyone's going to make their own decisions but i I, if i'm a business owner and i agree with you but at the same time i wouldn't give them an opportunity to make me an example out of because that's what they did with dr Scully. he raised his hand said i have a problem with this and then they just made an example out of him so doctor before i let you go is there a website uh, that people could read more of your thoughts and, um, sure.
0: sure. Two, two places. I'm, I'm, uh, much to my wife's chagrin. I'm very active, active on, uh, Twitter Good. Uh, at, at Andrew Boston. Uh, that is my Twitter handle. Yep. And then I do, I do have a website. Um, it's just, uh, Org.
1: Doctor, before I let you go one more, final kind of question but i think you'll agree what i try to stress to people is regardless of what people you know argue or think about the vaccination or about the booster but the mass one thing and it kind of goes to what you said people need to try to remain healthy and people have to try to stay out of the hospital because if you go in the hospital they are short staffed there's a lot of germs that are floating around all bets are off uh, yeah, once they, you so went to the, the hospital, to
0: emphasize, yes. People and they know, yes. them, you know, they have a lot of comorbidity, or or they're older and, and a little and feral, or even even if they're not, they don't have anything obviously, uh, you know, chronic obvious chronic condition. If, look, you know, John, one last thing from my end. I mean, we're still running at a, at close to sixty percent of the deaths. Uh, attributed to COVID in Rhode Island um, are occurring in, in, in people who are 80-plus years old. That's right. actually slightly above the life expectancy wow. in the state. And, and close to 60% have occurred in, in nursing homes and and elder assisted living facilities so um, now if you're if you're 80 plus years old living on your own uh, you'll be you know not not in not in not in uh, institutional care um, and and you're free of comorbidity you, you may you may still be at, at somewhat increased risk you know just on the basis of age hmm. so that's the kind of person that should on their own volition, preferably, or, or with the help of whoever, physician um, probably would be best. Uh, be aware of where of of where to get. Uh, monoclonal antibody infusions if if they if they develop a clinical case of COVID, if, if they become positive and certainly if, they have, if they're positive and have fever, et cetera. Those are, those are the people that need to be treated um, quickly, regardless of their vaccination status. Right.
1: Folks, again, he is Dr. Andrew Boston. Doctor, a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I will have Thank you, you back. Great guest. Take care. Thank Bye-bye. you, doctor. Folks, there he is. And uh, you've been listening to the John petro show. You know, I um, Listen, he's very, very knowledgeable. I can't even begin to tell you how much that, that poor man has been attacked uh, for his views. And what what I also want to highlight is kind of what I've been saying. You, you don't want to, uh, if you're a business owner right now, as I was saying, just go about your business. Do your business. And I don't. I know some people here the like the phrase, mind your own business. But I saw someone on social media posting different stores that were not gonna comply. Don't make it easy for the Department of Health. If you're gonna just do your own thing, don't, you know, don't put it on a billboard. Your job is to make is, if you're a business owner right now at 153, your job assignment, if you will, is to make as much money as possible over the next thirty days. That's what it is, especially over the next two weeks. Folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by The Lodge, Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Popped in, plus they have the brand new big deck. You're going to love it. They're waiting for you at The Lodge, Pub and Eatery. You know, he is very, very knowledgeable. Um, This this is so difficult. It is. Listen, it's difficult with the holidays because you want to see people. People wait for this. Uh, It's tough. This is a tough situation of grandparents that want to see their grandchildren and grandchildren that want to see their grandparents. And you want to see your parents and you want to see Uncle Ed and Aunt Emma and, and say, you know, Merry Christmas and celebrate. But it is, um, it, is, it is problematic right now. And in the state, you know, they need to get the testing up um it it is folks it's not I can't even you know pretend of course it's a it's a total drag it is I thought we were past this like many of you did but we you it could be worse look in Europe it seems to be worse in Europe right now where they're talking about uh I mean that's where I don't think we're going to lockdown I repeat I don't think we're going to lockdown if but you can't be oblivious to To look at what's going on. New York City right now is starting to close down. I'll also say this. There are many people out there that have no clue what went into effect today. And again, if you're a business owner, there are people that if someone walks into your business or your restaurant or what have you, they're going to get upset if you say to them, I need to see your vaccination card. And many of them, some of them may storm out. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I think it's unfair that the governor, Governor McKee and the Department of Health are trying to make businesses the mask police. As one person stated to me, it would have been actually easier if it's just everybody in a mask. But this business of then putting the onus on to the business that they have to ask if someone is vaccinated I think that's a little unfair. Now, I have encountered this before. Um, as I was telling the story at, in September, right? We were down in New York for the Patriots-Jets game. And that Saturday, the game was on a Sunday. We were out in New York. It was nice out. And it was very simple. If you want to sit outside, you get set outside. If you want to sit inside, you had to show them proof of your vaccination. And what I observed was if someone said, oh, here, it's on my phone, if they just held their phone out, the person would say, that's good enough for me, and boom, they sat down. So it, it is not, um, let, let me be very clear about something. You are being really unfair if you take this out, and I've seen it, people have a meltdown on someone in a store, a young kid in a restaurant. Do you think they want to ask you about that? Do you want Do you think they want to say, excuse me, you're put your mask on? I'm sorry, you need to, you know, show proof of vaccination. Folks, if you want to take it out on anyone, you can take it out of the ballot box next September in the Democrat primary with Governor Dan McKee. Don't take it out on the waiter, the waitress, the business owner who's just trying to survive. That's really unfair. And to unleash that Christmas week, that's where I have... You know, Governor McKee, up until two weeks ago, was posing next to people with no masks on. Suddenly, now, you know, you're telling business owners they have to be the mask and vaccination police. I think that's unfair. I think that's an unfair burden. But that's also part of the problem. He shouldn't have kept that Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott. I think the uh, it's it's time for a new voice. I think that her usefulness has played out. And I think Governor McKee made a mistake by not. Listen, she did a fine. She served the state. How much longer do you have to do it? Give us somebody else a chance. Folks, this portion of the program is watched by JKL Engineering. Call JKL today at 401 351 7600. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's JKL Engineering. Call them 401 351 7600. They can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90 percent, they do it right they do it right the first time jkl 401-351-7600 so folks again the message is the same now right now it's uh just about 159 it's the john DePietro show coming up you're going to hear the two o'clock news and then it'll be the john dion program we're back tomorrow on the radio at 11 if there's breaking news we do facebook live but i want to um Again, encourage you folks, we can't, let's not get into, don't lose your temper, don't start screaming. Uh, If you want to do that, then you can take it out of the ballot box next September. I I think it's unfair to have business owners, especially in the northern part of the state that border Massachusetts, where then there's two different policies. I think that makes us an outlier. I think it's unfair. But that's what Governor McKee decided to do. How much they're going to enforce it, I don't know. So visit the website if you want to reach me. Uh, if you would like to reach me, then go to the website, petro.com Listen, it's a sunny Monday. The weather this week is going to be somewhat mild. So get out and enjoy it. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news and then the John Deion. WNRI,
0: Woonsocket. socket.